Hey everybody, Nitsan Mosery here, the Traveling Investor, and welcome to another edition of the Traveling Investor Live Q&A show where we are live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And the beautiful thing about my show is that you get to ask my awesome guests questions live as we're talking. So feel free to type in your questions and we'll answer them as we go along. And, uh, for, and before we start, I want to thank all of our sponsors, Cornerstone Investment Partners. Uh, they are a commercial real estate investment company. And if you're looking to create some passive income for yourselves, for your uh, children and whatnot, feel free to reach out to Cornerstone Investment Partners at um, and their website is www.investwithcip.com. And if you're already in the real estate world and you're looking for a great management company to come into manage your assets for you and help you achieve your goals. Jade Property Management Company, Jade PMC, is another fantastic sponsor of ours, and we want to thank them as well. So feel free to reach out to them. And their website is www.jadepmc.com. And another one of our sponsors is Commercial Realty Partners. If you're looking to get into commercial real estate or if you're in commercial real estate and you're looking to buy your assets or sell your assets and get a a broker's opinion of value, feel free to reach out to uh, commercial real estate partners uh, and uh, they will be more than happy to uh, work with you anywhere around the country. Now, you know, talking about commercial real estate, you know, my guest today uh, is a gentleman who didn't come from the real estate background, didn't come from real estate at all. Um, his background actually is completely different. And that's what I love about commercial real estate. That's what I love about real estate in general as, as, a, as a, um, a niche of uh, what you can do with yourselves. Because it doesn't matter where you were. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you have a college education, a high school education, a GED. The only thing that matters in real estate is how big of a fire do you have underneath your ass to make you successful? How strong is your passion, your desire? How strong is your why for getting out of the rut that you're in? And today, my guest, his name is Stoney Stonebreaker. And let me tell you about Stoney. He's, uh, he started his career with NASA in the Apollo space program, working on the instrument unit of the Saturn V rocket later. Uh, he was with Florida Power and Light Company, managing telecommunications and winning Network World's National User Excellence Award. So this guy came from NASA, from FPL, uh, from telecommunications. And during his career in technology, Stoney invested in income producing vacation condos, land, single family homes in Florida and North Carolina. And he's currently a full-time commercial real estate investor and real estate professional with investments in over a thousand units of multifamily properties in Florida and Texas. He also holds the CCIM designation as a commercial real estate professional. The cool thing about Stoney, other than the fact that he started a NASA and doing all that stuff, he partnered up with another gentleman who unfortunately couldn't be on the show today, Lennon Lee. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Lennon Lee, and you're going to see how the beautiful group worked together. Lennon came to the United States with his family in 2009, so he is not a Native American. And as I said before in my, in my intro, it doesn't matter where 
you come from. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter the language you speak, the color of your skin, the color of your eyes, whatever you look like, that has no bearing on your ability to be successful in commercial real estate or real estate at all. And I also am one. I never graduated from college. So here I am, you know, talking firsthand that you can be successful in real estate as long as you've got the passion, desire, a good team, a good mentor and coach to help you. Uh, Lenin came to this country, as I said, in 2009 from Venezuela. He took responsibility for investing his family's life savings in real estate to build a solid future for his parents and his siblings. Alongside his investment partners, he's been involved both as a limited partner and as a general partner in the acquisition of over 2,000 units of multifamily real estate with an approximate market value of $200 million. And Lennon is the host of Se Habla Real Estate, the first real estate podcast in Spanish about real estate investing in the U.S. So without further ado, I want to bring on the show an incredible person that I've had the privilege of getting to know a few minutes before the show started, Lenny Stonebreaker. Hey, Lenny, how are you? Hi there. How are you doing, Nissan? Good to see you. All right. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Great, great. Glad to be here. So, you know, let's talk, Stoney, about first, you know, NASA, where you came from. What was the turning point in your career that you decided and you said, you know what, enough of this. I want something else for myself, my family, my life. And why did you pick real estate? Well, I had a long career in technology. I worked, as you said, at NASA back in the days. And then after that, I, I, I got my I was doing that while I was going to school for my degree in electrical engineering, which I got at that time. Uh, later on, I got my MBA. But during this whole process, I was really interested in my having my own business. But I was so focused on my my career in technology that I just did that. And and I just didn't think there was time or appropriate uh, place for getting into my own business. So I just kept on doing that. Uh, but I read a book many years ago uh, by a man named William Nickerson. And it was a book titled How I Turned $1,000 into $3 million in Real Estate in My Spare Time. And there's, there's three editions. The first one was written back in 1959. And then I read the 1969 edition. And then there's another earlier or later version about 2005. Anyway, it was it described all of the advantages of income producing real estate. And so it was really intrigued me and I wanted to do something, but I made some of my own personal investments. But every time I invested in something, it took up all the money I had and I couldn't do anything else. And besides, it was just going to take a lot of time away from my my career. And I was moving along in that career pretty decently. And so I just decided to focus on that. But uh, I, I retired actually in 2002 to help take care of my son and drive uh, around the, the country and, and then take trips with him in summers, but uh, during the um, school vacations. And so I did that. But then I rediscovered my interest in real estate uh, about uh, 2000 and about 2015 or so. And so I started reading about it and looking at the podcast at the time and so forth and talking to friends who were in the business and, and ultimately got it back into it at that time and, and decided to get into it full time with the commercial real estate. Wow. That's amazing. That's, that's fantastic. You know, it was, it's, it's great that you were able to retire and spend time with, uh, with your children to, 
to go travel and and you saw commercial real estate. So how did you get involved? What was the first things like, you know, did you reach out and find someone? Did you partner with people? How did you start? What was your first stepping stones into real estate? Well, one of the people that I interviewed uh, for uh, the learning about commercial real estate was was a friend who had his own um, brokerage and it was a commercial brokerage in industrial. And he suggested that I get my real estate license here in Florida. And so and I could learn the, the business that way. So I did that. And uh, he then suggested that I get involved with CCIM as a part of way since I was interested in investing. And I also did that. Uh, and so I found out pretty soon that um, that this uh, part of the licensing and the sales of real estate was not really either something I really wanted to do either. I really wanted to be an investor and do that full mm -hmm. time. Uh, about that time, I fortunately, I ran into a fellow at a CCIM lunch uh, who turned out to be my future partner, Lennon Lee, as you mentioned earlier. And we were at a uh, the CCIM lunch and we found out we were both interested in multifamily because that was the specific uh, uh, class of property sector that I really was interested in at the time after doing all my reading and, and uh, looking at the podcast and, and so forth. So uh, he and I started talking about uh, investing together and he was a, uh, a student of uh, Joe Fairless mm -hmm. of the best ever uh, program. And he actually was raising money for a deal that uh, Joe had at the time. So I invested with uh, Lennon and he was also, Lennon was also starting up a meetup down here in, in the Miami area, which is where I'm from. And uh, so I helped uh, with that. And he was, we started putting on a program for multifamily uh, interested investors. And it was a monthly program. And we had that for a couple of, or several years now, uh, until the, uh, the uh, pandemic from last year, we had to postpone it. We're getting ready to restart it again. But uh, it was a good way to meet other people and to also uh, further invest. And so I kept on investing with Lennon and we decided about a year and a half ago that it made more sense for us to kind of officially put our, our investment uh, uh, efforts together in a, in a single branded uh, program. So we formed a company called Pasivo, P-A-S-S-I-V-O which is passive in Spanish and it's placebo uh, real estate investments. And what we did was we're, we've rebranded and we've built a marketing platform for that. And we are now raising capital for investments uh, throughout the Southeast, which is our primary uh, target areas. And uh, we've really, um, we're really enjoying that. And I'm just enjoying the heck out of it. Uh, Lennon's a, a young, much younger guy. He's about 35. So he keeps me young and I'm, hanging around a bunch of people, uh, you know, at these conferences and events now that are getting restarted and enjoying uh, keeping keeping uh, going in, in the business world, which I really enjoy. That's fantastic. It's amazing, isn't it? Where it's amazing where you never know who you're going to meet at what meeting or who's sitting next to you at a conference or, you know, in, in some other office meeting. I was uh, I, I had met my biz partner kind of the same way. I'd moved to South Florida in 2009. Um, I'm originally from New York City, but I, from New York, I moved to Israel, lived in Israel for many years, traveled the world for six, seven years and moved back to Israel. And then in 2009, I moved to South Florida 
didn't know anybody, didn't know anything, didn't know, you know, I'd been out of the country for 15 years. Um, my goatee at the time was a lot longer and it had beads in it. My hair was a lot longer as well. I, you know, I was, a, I was a traveling hippie at the time, not a traveling investor, <laughs> uh, but sitting in these different conferences all around Miami and in Orlando and in Atlanta and whatnot, I kept bumping into the same woman. And I kept listening to her questions and I kept hearing what she had to say. And, you know, a light bulb in my head went off and said, she's a lot smarter than you. She lives in Miami. You guys are probably going to be competitors. Why not partner up together with someone like that who, who can, you know, complement my skill sets and then we can move faster forward together and do bigger and better things and it's you know that was in 2009 and here we are today in 2021 and we're still partners and we've done deals and we're doing deals and and it's incredible but you never know who's sitting next to you on an airplane in a, in a restaurant you never quite know right and it's always good to you know spark up a conversation and get a business card and build rapport and you know ask people questions right absolutely when you're genuinely uh interested in what their story is and where they're from and, and their, and what their, their whole background is, it's, it really makes a difference. And it really is uh, fascinating to meet so many different people. Absolutely. So uh, to share with us, please, what kind of properties are you going after currently? Um, and why? We, uh, as I mentioned, we are focused on multifamily and we're in the Southeast, but we typically have done in the past anyway, uh, properties from 100 to 250 units, which is kind of in between the mom and pops and the institutional investors. Uh, and it's also a, a C or C plus to a B uh, class, uh, class of property. And so those also fall within a kind of a, a niche segment, but it turns out that as we've gone through this over the last few, all of these coaches, across the country, there's probably 15 or 20 of them are teaching dozens of in new investors every year how to invest in that almost the same niche. So it's very competitive and that's why we see the, the market like it is right now. And so there's uh, people going out and we're literally getting, you know, several, probably dozen uh, offers on properties these days and, and, and driving up the prices. So we're actually moving into and, and uh, trying to get uh, some of the smaller properties ourselves. Mm -hmm. The key to that factor uh, for us is getting the right to property manager too, though, because we can't be in every market, of course, and we depend on others to actually do the day-to-day -day operations. So we're uh, real, really uh, cautious about doing that, but we really think that's a little bit op more open niche. And we're also moving like many other uh, uh, investors to secondary and tertiary markets. And so those are a little bit less competitive, maybe slightly higher uh, cap rates, but still it's uh, very competitive compared to what it was 10 years ago, especially. I mean, I think the whole internet, I think with that internet and the, and the Zoom calls and so forth like this, the technology that we're seeing that we didn't have back in the days of the old <laughs> old rockets back then, uh, really makes a, a huge difference in people connecting with each other, learning. I mean, like you said, it's, it's an outstanding way to be able to learn about different technologies, about a, a new career path, if you want. And that's what makes, um, makes this whole business available to so many people that it didn't used to be available to. I mean, 
this whole syndication business used to be a good old boys network. And right. if you were part of the country club set and know somebody who was doing this, you couldn't find out about it virtually any other way. I mean, when, when I was in early in my career, you had the newspaper and you had three channels on your TV and you had the, you know, the library and your encyclopedia Britannica over there. You didn't have any internet stuff. So, right. you know, I'd hate to keep on harping on how old I am, but it's, you know, the technology has made a huge difference and yeah. it opens up so many things. It's true. I remember, you know, I mean, you know, you, you talked about the, the technology back then and then the microfilm, right? You go to the library and you'd have to get that, that little microfilm and sit and, and scroll through it. I remember my mother got her broker's license, her realtor's license for uh, residential in the 80s. And whenever she wanted to go look for a listing, she'd have to go to the office and they'd have libraries of books of the listings and she'd have to flip through the books oh, yeah. in the listings. You know, so so very antiquated back then. And yeah, technology has really ramped up our business. And, you know, I'm thinking myself, just like you, like, how did people do any sort of business before a fax machine, before internet? And, you know, you wanted to sign a contract, you would have to mail the contract to someone in the snail mail. It would take them three, four days for it to get. Then they'd have, you know, deals, right. you know, no one was closing a deal in 30 to 60 days. Back no, then, no, not at all. It, it was it was, you know, completely different. Um, so yeah, so technology today has really done wonders. You know, I, I can sit in my office in Boca and review a property on Google Maps without ever leaving my office and know exactly what's going on in that area just through my computer today, which is phenomenal. Exactly right. You know, go ahead. I'm right. sorry. Yeah, and you can get on uh, YouTube and and go through a series of courses to learn exactly how to go through your due diligence on a property or whatever, and it's just uh, really it opens up to those people who have the initiative and like as you say, you want to get up off their butt and, and do the work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let me ask you this: what what are you you know you said you're investing in the southeast and you know you're moving into the secondary and tertiary markets. What are you seeing out there in the market today? What's happening? Gosh, it's a it's a unique um, time as we're coming out of emerging out of this pandemic uh, time. And I thought when we first hit this time period, a little over what a year, almost a year and a half ago now, I thought it was going to be a really uh, challenging time period. And it would really test the thesis that we were talking about, which is that uh, multifamily seems to be more recession resistant than other sectors of commercial uh, real estate. And fortunately, it, it turned out that 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 is the case. And that the, uh, fortunately, with also with some assistance from uh, rent uh, abatement and mm -hmm. so forth, that uh, things didn't go nearly as badly as certainly other segments like office and retail, of course. Sure. But I, I think that um, we're coming into an area era that 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 uh, multifamily is going to continue its growth. I don't think we're at the uh, you know peak and getting ready to have a and go downhill and some kind of a recession. I think we're going to go up because I try to read um, and study some economics with some of the uh, top economists. Uh, follow that, and I think that we're going to come up with a decade here between the baby boomers selling their homes and moving into more rental property. And uh, of course, assisted living facilities and things like that. We have more and more immigrants coming into this country who tend to rent. 
we have the baby boomers and younger people who can't afford to buy a house, so they're going to be renting, uh, if not living at home. Um, and so I think we've got a lot of pressure. And if you look at the uh, National Multi-Housing Council's uh, forecasts and some uh, forecasts from some of the many of the brokers, uh, there's not nearly enough uh, supply built mm -hmm. in the market. And what supply is built is, of course, for Class A properties, almost exclusively. So the more affordable properties and the more affordable housing, which the country needs badly, the C and the B class uh, properties are really positioned well for uh, for a longer term growth, at least for the foreseeable future. Absolutely. I agree with you. You know, we were talking before the show started that uh, I was speaking with one of my partners and we were saying that, you know, a, a 1940 construction in Miami is going, is selling for more than you can actually build a class A property today. That's, that's, that's just mind blowing. It is. And, and you're, I think you're seeing that with the, um, with the sales here coming up, this this has been an extremely strong sales year for multifamily, and we just are through one of our deals. We're um, we're under contract right now to sell. We had 23 offers on that, and it was just it was crazy. We went through three best and final rounds, and the price kept on going up every best and final round. I mean, I thought best and final meant best and final, but apparently it doesn't anymore. <laughs> Right. Best and final just means best and final on the on the first round. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, thank God I sold two properties last week. We closed on them or two. Yeah. About a week and a half ago. And we, you know, we were pushing rents on one of our properties and we were pushing and pushing and pushing. The new owner came in and he's now he gave notices to all of the tenants that no one's being renewed. No one's moving on. He wants to evict everyone. And now he's going to do renovations in there and push the rents from 900 that we were charging to $1,400. Wow. That's, that's a, crazy. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yes. And as we know, as inflation increases and goes up, what else goes up? Rent goes yeah, up. Yes. Right? Yes. Prices yeah. of homes go up. Right? Absolutely. I'm seeing everywhere. Restaurants. Um, you know, mm -hmm. yesterday was my daughter's birthday. She she turned thirteen. So we asked her, "What do you want to do for your birthday?" You know, it was the middle of the week. Just started school. She goes, "Oh, I, let's all of us go get our nails done." Okay, so you know, I went. And I got a pe a pedicure, and they got their mani pedis and whatnot. But oh, even yeah. on the sign at the uh, at the nail salon place, we apologize, but we've had to raise prices due to inflation. Cost of goods have gone up and, and we're seeing this in restaurants and we're seeing this in, you know, Home Depots and we're seeing this everywhere. Pricing is going up. The problem is I don't think anybody's salaries are increasing as well. Right. It's it, it is crazy. I was driving uh, along US one here uh, about a month or two ago and I saw this little tent in the parking lot of a McDonald's and, and two people were sitting at a table out there. And I was curious about that. And I, I drove by and rolled down my window and asked them, what were they doing there? And they were trying to hire people because they, people aren't, don't want to work now. You know, they're being paid not to work. So it's tough. And so they're going to have to raise all those salaries, those wages for that. And it's just trying to find people to work is a, a, just a unique time we're in. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm finding it out myself is that we're trying to find, you know, really good maintenance people and property managers for our, our assets. And, Nobody wants to work. 
I had a mm-hmm. maintenance guy. He came from a temp company. Uh, he started half a day and uh, I was at the property when he started. And I asked him, I said, do me a favor, just take these pieces of wood that I piled in one location. Just do me a favor, just throw them in the, uh, in the dumpster for me, if you would, please. He looked at me, he goes, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm going home. I'm sorry. He goes, yeah, I, 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 I get paid unemployment. I'd rather do that. That's, that's yeah. what's going on out there, right? It, tough situation. Yeah. It's a tough situation. Mm-hmm. You know, so inflation is going up. People are getting paid to sit at home. Nobody wants to work. Where, where is that fine middle ground where, you know, things can start making sense again? Mm-hmm. Well, what I found is I was just in um, Dallas uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And then again, here in, in uh, Miami, where we had a couple of events for real estate investors, commercial real estate investors. And I'll tell you what, that group of people has the best, most positive outlook on, on things and really is, you know, wants to do things and make a difference in people's lives and, and bring along a lot of other people in this business. And that's why this business is so good is you, you well, for, first of all, you have to partner with other people. You can't do it alone. So you have to partner. And so you can meet really good people, people have a, who have a good positive mindset about getting things done. And you're, you're benefiting a lot of the people around because you're providing housing for, for others. And so I, I think with certain exceptions of trying to crank up the, the price so much that it, it prices people out of the market, but, but otherwise, you know, you can put a, provide a lot of good housing for people. Absolutely. So what's uh, what, what are some of your buying strategies right now? Are you buying and looking to hold long term? Are you buying, looking to uh, prove the upside of your asset and then dump it real quickly? Uh, you know, what, what, what strategies are you looking at right now? At, at this point in time, and probably for the next two or three years, we are in a mode of like a lot of people are, we're looking for cash flowing properties as a, as a, a profitable business that's there. It's not a money losing business, it's a profitable, but it, it's not performing as well as it should. So there's value add, you know, the traditional name of that. So what we're trying to do is, is improve the properties, um, in, in a number of ways, we're trying to be unique about some things there and bring some ideas in that we might see that maybe others don't. It's, it is a challenge now because everybody, you know, there's so many people in the market that are looking at, at these properties, but we look for these properties that are in a growing markets, growing MSAs that are in the better submarkets of those growing MSAs so that we think we have a little bit more of a margin for error in those submarkets that are growing more and higher than even the, the average in their in that MSA. So that is, um, uh, and the growth is in number of terms of jobs, in terms of population, uh, mar- um, uh, the growth of the uh, of the housing and so forth. So we just try to do that and look in the and with that brings us to the southeast. A lot of places in the southeast, of course, and then we look for other things like making sure that there's no single or one or just two economic drivers in that community, like the military or a technology segment or something like that. We like to see it spread across at least four or five and have no in individual economic sector, have more than about 20% of the base in that market. And so we then we also look at some places that might have longer term uh, growth opportunities, uh, and uh, which might be, uh, an infill in a, in a program in an area uh, 
say one of the areas that we really like is the uh, area between Tampa and Orlando called the I-4 corridor there. Mm -hmm. Lakeland is right in the middle. There's sure. people that live in Lakeland that can't afford to live because the housing in Orlando has gotten expensive. They work at the theme parks, and they, they, but they live in Lakeland. And they can drive over to Tampa as well. So that whole I-4 corridor, we've been looking at that for many years, and that has a lot of things going on. We've talked to the Department of Transportation about that growth area. And here in Florida, anyway, we have also the Space Coast, where you have that, of course, mm -hmm. and all the private space uh, programs going on in private companies, uh, although they're they're also building and, and launching from facilities outside of Florida, it's still in Florida is also uh, uh, reaping some of the benefits there. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so now, you know, I remember before I got started in multifamily real estate investing, you know, growing up as a kid in New York City, right in Manhattan, you're walking down the street, I'm walking down the street, I'm looking at all these buildings and I'm going, my God, how do people have so much money that they can go out and buy such a huge building? How does one person acquire and accumulate so much money that they can buy this? And then as I grew up and I grew older and I started learning and, you know, I, I had my mentor and my coach as well. Um, they taught us about syndication, right? How do you go about funding your deals, you know, raise, you know, getting, you know, buying a $10 million property. How do you go about funding your deals? Well, I, I agree with you. I, I, I was for many, many years, I was kind of flabbergasted at commercial real estate, had no idea of what it was. I bought a few single family homes and, and things like that and did some smaller things, but commercial I had no idea about. And I was just, again, focused on my technology career and doing different things in that. So uh, I, when I started studying it, and it was just a matter of uh, financial, looking at some financial things, which I had done many times. I had departments up to 100 people and managed big budgets and so forth, multi-million dollar projects and so forth. So I said, well, this is that, that isn't that much different than, than that. So I got into it. But, but at this point in time, you know, you're right. Individuals don't have the money to buy those big buildings. And uh, our first uh, building that we did or property, the multifamily property that we did as um, as general partners was 138 units. And I certainly didn't pull, you know, a check out of the back of my pocket and, and write a check for that thing. What we did was we found partners and we thought we could raise enough money to acquire that property. And, you know, syndication is a lot of people like to have a good analogy. It's like a, being in an airplane where the general partners are the pilots and the crew up front driving the plane and the LPs, the limited partners are the investors, are the passengers in the back of the plane. And so we were the general partners there and we thought we knew enough passengers that we could, you know, fund a plane there for buying that property. And so what we did was we started to raise money, but we also knew some other people uh, that were, were, um, I want to call them capital raisers, but they're not strictly capital raisers. They're other GPs, but they have more. They had more experience than us at that time, and so we brought a few of those on to help us with that fundraising because we didn't. We, you know, everybody see, tends to think, "Well, I know, you know, twenty people. I bet they could each put in, you know, ten thousand or twenty-five thousand, and you come up there and, like some people have said, you know, they go to those they, the people, they make a presentation, and they come out there and they look at all the um, all the money that these people have promised to put in there and there's 
just blank. There's, there's a bunch of zeros there and no, no numbers in front of them. So it's a lot tra more challenging than, than people would think. So um, yeah, we brought in some other people uh, and uh, we were able to uh, raise the money. We put together a, uh, of course, an offering memorandum. We put together a webinar explaining that. We had a really good partner there that had uh, done uh, uh, financial analysis for a big um, a commercial uh, investment company. And so he was our underwriter and uh, was able to uh, really look at and help us with the financing of that big one. But we had, I'd been through several CCIM courses, which is also what helps people to understand the, um, the different segments of commercial real estate and how they're, how they're uh, financed, how they're justified and, and, and operated and so forth. So we had a good team together. We also had a couple of people that were more focused on the investor relations. And so they could bring in the investors, help explain what we were doing and so forth. But it was a team effort that we uh, put together and we were able to get kind of get that fundraising started in a preliminary way. But then when we finally found the property that we, we liked, we put it all together. And then that's when the, uh, uh, the thing, everything started to, uh, the first started to fly and we really, everything started to really uh, move quickly when you find one. So let me ask you this. What would you say is more important when you're starting out finding the properties or building relationships with people so that they can fund your deals? I think you've got to uh, get relationships with people that can help you fund the deals. I think, I think they're both critically important. And, and as so many people in this business say that you've only got two jobs, find deals and find money, of course. And so you there, it's hard to say there's one that's more important than the other because obviously they have to go together. Uh, but, but I think you're always, you're no, it's going to take you some time to find a deal unless you have a partner that's actually focused on that or other people that are bringing you deals that you can analyze yourself. But you have to build up this base of investors over time that are going to know, like, and trust you, are going to develop a relationship with and make sure that you, um, they have trust in you and confidence in your ability. And of course, if you're just starting out, you're gonna to need to partner with somebody who has more experience because very few people, unless it's your brother and your family is gonna invest in you, or unless you're getting into a very small property that is not gonna be you know, a very much of a, a a, a huge financial challenge as much as bigger ones. So I think there's, you know, a couple of different ways like that to go into. We kind of jumped in with both feet with that larger property, but certainly when you're younger and you have more time in front of you, you can st certainly start out with the smaller properties and the, uh, and then build up from there. We'd like to uh, acquire. And I think you asked me a question earlier, which I didn't answer. We like to acquire and, and build uh, and design a pro forma on a five-year time horizon for the most part. We always say from three to seven years. I think we've all, all our exits are averaging three and a half years though, I think now. And so um, we, you have your business plan that you execute at the very beginning of your property so you can build up that value, build up the rent and so forth. And then you're, we would be normally available to, uh, to sell at that time. That's what we're doing now. And what in my kind of plan, I'm kind of building up and doing that right now. But as we build up more equity from this, from this, uh, for, uh, for the, from this business, 
I'm going to be putting more money into it, back into it, and then hopefully over time we'll be hanging on to properties over a longer time period. And then I'll be able to get my, I have a son who just um, is starting out his career and he's actually in, followed uh, with CMBS loans and he's expressed an interest in this business. So he might come out in here and join us down the road here once, um, once he gets more experience in his uh, background and, and we build up our business a little bit more too. Sure. That's the one thing I like about this business. And especially like we said, with technologies, you can do this from anywhere in the world. Yes, you, can you, can. Do this, you can do this on Miami beach. You can do this in Jacksonville on the beach. You can do this in Hawaii on the beach. You can do it in Thailand on the beach, right? Yes, anywhere absolutely. around the world. Technology is a beautiful thing when it works. Absolutely. When I was in Dallas, I was, um, I met with a fellow who is in Switzerland and he's raising, raising money in there for, properties and, and uh, investments here in the States. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the beautiful thing about what we do and how you, people can go out there and create financial freedom for themselves, you know, with, with very little money out of pocket, right? You just got to have the, you know, you got to have that gusto. You got to have that passion. You got to have that drive and just go out and don't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yes. Right? So why did you and Lenin team up what did you see in him and what did he see in you that you guys said you know what let's partner up together you you spoke a little bit about about you know I, i'd like to if you could dive a little bit deeper into that right right well i could see that he was um just starting out in in this business and i was intrigued with his his story his um as you pointed out earlier he his family moved up here from venezuela his his father was a a, um, a big politician down there and was concerned with what was going on down there, of course, and wanted to make sure his family was safe and his money, the family um, investments were, were safe too. So uh, they, along with many other um, Venezuelans and other from uh, people from other countries as well, as you know from being in, here in South Florida yourself, have just kind of inundated South Florida with a lot of money to just get it out of their countries, have it safe, and have it, even if the the returns aren't as good as they want. They're willing to pay more uh, and and uh, accept lower returns than most other investors here in the state. So it makes a challenge to invest down here. But Lennon was uh, a young guy and seemed to have the right um, mentality. We we got along and uh, we think we have. I think we had the right kind of a personality and and. Um, and uh, I'll say the right uh, uh, characteristics for helping other people, because one of the things that we really like doing is the fact that, that when we do this, we can bring along other people and help them invest for their families and their future and their children. And uh, we really like that. I really like that, especially because when, when I was in my career, I didn't do any of this. I put, I followed this traditional, you know, career path with investing in whatever the retirement plan was uh, at the time, whether it was early on, it was like uh, employee stock option plans. And then later on when 401ks came in and IRAs, um, and I didn't really understand or even know uh, about syndications and real estate investing. I mean, I knew people who had invested in, you know, a house over here or a, a small, you know, uh, two two unit uh, retail outfit and things like that. But 
I really didn't know much about the real estate. And I think that now that you can invest and not have to put up the entire amount for these larger properties and they are managed more professionally, they're managed with um, people who know what they're doing. And they're, they're, those are the people, the general partners like we are and our property management companies are professionals. We're in it full time. And it's not like something that somebody's going to have to go to and spend their time on a weekend going and fixing toilets or calling, calling the electrician to do something like that. So uh, we really hit it off um, knowing that that was one of the key factors that we wanted to help others as well. And so we, we can just kind of hit it off with our personalities and the fact that we really both had hit on, uh, on the uh, multifamily space, I think was, was uh, part of that, uh, that uh, traction that we, we thought we could do something together. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's important to have a good partner that is uh, in tune and in line with you, right? With with your morals, your values, ethics, um, your passion for doing what you're doing, right? You don't want to be the one pulling your partner along and, and, you know, dragging and screaming all the way, right? You want both of you running, you know, actually beating each other to the end zone, right? There you go. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. That's so what's, what's in the future for uh, Passivo? Well, we are continuing to work on, on uh, building our brand and building our investor base. But one of the things that we are doing is we think that there are a lot of people, especially um, our, our kind of avatar, the kind of people who like to invest with us are either very busy in, in their W-2 job or are business owners and just don't have the time, even though they might want to be involved in real estate, but have the curiosity and want to add real estate as a as a complement to their portfolio. So their allocation is more uh, uh, diverse. And so what, what, a lot of these people are really focused on their jobs like I was. And so what I, what I want to do is make sure that they have some of the information that I didn't have when I was growing up about the way to build a, a true investment portfolio that we're not trying to tell them that everything they have to do to invest is in real estate. But we, we think that they ought to be exposed to other uh, capabilities and options and have other professionals in their life to help them, which can make a huge difference. Because if you look at, at investments over a long career period, period of 30 years or 40 years or more, um, the real value that's building up in that career path is right towards the end of that time period. And it allows you to, if you want to retire and, and, build, and take that, passive income approach, which I didn't really do in my career earlier. And you can also take, use other tools to help you build that whole growing portfolio of wealth. And there's term uh, things like, um, like investing in the stock market in ways that are much more conservative, conservative and much more um, consistent returns than the general market, the market in general, because when I look at my, I'm still, uh, migrating my investments from the stock market in different ways and still watching that bounce up and down every day in there. And every time it does that, it takes a little bit more of your returns away from you because the volatility is what really hurts the returns. And, and then we, so we we're doing more in uh, financial literacy training. And so we have a, uh, uh, partner who we've been talking to about uh, making sure that 
we have enough educational materials and programs in our, our, our venue, our, our website, that we can provide some additional help to other people. Uh, there's people who are talking about the, the uh, infinite banking concept, which for many years, I was kind of skeptical about that. The, the, I was kind of like, kind of like when I first saw the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I, I just didn't uh, think about that was a very, you know, attractive title to me, Rich Dad. You know, I thought it was kind of one of those hokey, you know, is this a scam, you know, trying to be rich in five years and, you know, retire in, in 30 months or something like that. But when I finally read it, I, I found out, you know, realized what he was really talking about. It was really what I had been thinking about all along with this other book that I had read many years ago. But um, I, I've been skeptical about some of these other things. But as you look into these things, there are ways to implement uh, other financial strategies that can build up your wealth much quicker. And so and we think that you need to have the right professional. So what we've done is put together a, um, a small group of what we call placebo pros, which are people in other businesses, CPAs, uh, asset protection attorneys, accountants, and, um, and financial advisors who are fiduciaries and not just selling, you know, the stocks and so forth. So that our investors can look at those and find out who these people are. And, and, and if they want to, they can get them involved in their lives and building up their own investment portfolio. We don't take any money off of that. We're just we just want our investors to uh, to have a, a better financial literacy in their lives and build it up for them and for their families and maybe their kids. Maybe their kids can come along and some of them do bring their children along to some of our in fact our our meetups and things like that and we try to involve them in some of our educational uh, materials. That's great. That's great. And b before I forget, please put me on your mailing list for your meetup as well. Uh, and I also have a meetup here in Boca that I've done for, for many years. And through with COVID and whatnot, I've paused it. And like you, I'm, I'm ready to start that up again. But I would love to come down to your meetup and uh, and meet with you guys in person and shake your hand. And and uh, we'll do that. Who knows? Maybe maybe there are possibilities in the future for us working together. Absolutely. And we'll get you on there and uh, we're going to be live streaming our, our meetups in the future too, as we've done in the past too. We'll have you as a guest and uh, yes, love yeah, to do that. Great. Fantastic. Well, we've got a few minutes left. So what I like to ask my, uh, my guests is as, as the host of traveling investor and I've traveled the world a lot, where, what are some top three places on your bucket list that you would like to travel to? Oh gosh, there's so many people, you know, I once uh, my, my son and I went to Italy, and we went several places there. And it was I'd love to go back there again. I mean, I, I guess can you do that? Go back to the same place you've already been? Uh, yeah, that'd sure. be right. yeah, that'd be one well, certainly one place. Um, I'd love to go to. Uh, I, I've, I've been to the uh, southern Germany and northern Austria into the Alps, and that mm -hmm. and it's just like a storybook. It's just like you know, seeing out the sound of music, of course, which right. it is, I guess, but, but it's just fabulous. It's just like, it's almost like you're imagining you're in a, you're in a play or a movie like that. I mean, it really is. And that's, that's another place I love my, um, uh, and my family, my, I have a wife and just one son, but they have not been to that part of the world. Mm -hmm. um, another part, I think I, you know, I have not been to Alaska. And I, I've heard so many things about how beautiful that is and, and the, the tours that the people have up there. 
I'd like to do that. I've been to a number of other places, but uh, that those places are, are really nice. Let me add one more fourth one. I guess I'm going to cheat on this one. Sure. <laughs> I'd like to go down to the South Pacific down there. My father was in World War II down in the South Pacific. I'd like to go down there and see some of the areas where he was down there. Sir. That's beautiful. That's fantastic. Well, you know, I, I I look forward to hearing from you on the days that you say, hey, you know what? I was there. You know, I wanted to go there and I made it. Yes. Excellent. Oh, beautiful. 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 All right. Well, um, Stoney, I want to thank you so much. Uh, do me a favor. Why don't you let our listeners know how they can reach out to you, maybe want to join your meetup and, uh, you know, get some more information. Sure, sure. For our, our website is uh, PasivoREI.com. That's spelled P-A-S-S-I-V-O-R-E-I.com. And we have a, a, an e-book that we've written that we, we call The Four Investing Rules for the New American Dream. And you can download it for free from there. It's at uh, PasivoREI.com slash dream. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, um, certainly send me an email uh, at Stony. Spelled S-T-O-N-Y at com. Awesome. Well, Stoney, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I look forward to meeting you in person in Miami or here in Boca. And uh, thank you again. And please uh, wish Lennon, uh, you know, good uh, good thoughts from us. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, see you guys soon. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Absolutely. And travelers, we're going to see you next week, same time. I don't know if I'm going to be here at the same place, but we'll be somewhere on Spaceship Earth. Until then, have a wonderful week and happy hunting.